The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba as we continue our team-by-team previews to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We stick in the NL Central with the St. Louis Cardinals, a team which is loaded with talent um, from top to bottom, uh, at least for fantasy-wise. A lot of really good stuff to talk about here. In order to help break them down for me as a member of Friends with Fantasy Benefits, one of the founding fathers of Prospects Live, you can find him on Twitter at MDTompFWFD. Matt Thompson, how are we doing, my friend? Thanks, Bubba. Thanks for having me, man. I'm good. Uh, kind of talking about a little bit pre-show, uh, how kind of hectic everything's been over in this uh, corner of the world. And uh, the one saving grace is now it's officially baseball season now. And uh, it's, I mean, it's always been baseball season for us. <laughs> At Prospects Live, we've been doing prospect lists and, and fantasy content all winter long, as of you over here. Um, yeah. But now it's official, official with, with the big game being over with. We don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Yep, it is. It is baseball twenty four seven now. As for everybody, not just us, like you oh, said. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned it off air, but I want to let everybody know what you guys got going on over there at Prospects Live. You guys had a big drop here recently. Got some more stuff coming up. Yeah, we were uh, slogging through our uh, you know top thirties for each big league team, top five available for free on the site, top ten in the order. Our Patreon hosts the rest of the top thirties. Um, we uh, top fantasy five hundred is coming out in about two weeks or so. Uh, real life top one hundred we just finalized today should be out this time next week. Busy, 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 but it's it's great, it's fun. Um, Prospects Live uh, is going to be popping off here with college baseball starting. Uh, so good thing, good good place to check it out. We'll have a nice tool for you guys to make it easier to watch college baseball, which sometimes can be daunting because it's a bunch of streaming services and networks, and we. We'll show you where to go to find it anyways. I mean, it's still going to be – college baseball is own, its own animal, but I'm excited for that to start. And then the WBC should be fun. I'm kind of never really that interested in that kind of stuff, but 
I mean, three quarters of the Cardinals roster is playing in it, so I guess I better watch it, right? <laughs> yeah, I always like the WBC. It's just a shame it like it kind of screws up spring training, but there's really no, I guess, good time for it when you talk. Yeah, about they, I feel bad for Contreras because obviously he just signed with with the Cardinals and and the they requested that he not play in the WBC so he can stay home and catch all of his catcher all of his new pitchers. But then all of his new pitchers are playing in the WBC, so it's like, well, okay, yeah, exactly. So it's it's a, it's a tricky one, and yeah. yeah. I gotta check out your college, uh, your college jokes. I love watching college and, and like going and checking out teams around me here where I can. But it's so hard to keep track, like you said. Of there's so much going on, and yeah, we'll have a nice tool that should centralize all where the top prospects are at and all the game times and everything. So you should be able to click on it and take you to the link to the streaming service or the channel or whatever. It's pretty good to go there. I mean, you got to pay for it. Well, yeah, but yeah. you make that choice after you click on the link. It tells you the relevant players to look for everything. So college Sweet. baseball watch guide. It'll be fun. To check all that stuff out. Prospects Live always getting better and better. It seems like it's just crazy to Trying. see. I remember yeah. when you guys started out to where it is now. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's grown so. very, very fast. Yeah, it's pretty, I, pretty I wish awesome. I could say we were prepared for all of it as quickly, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing all right. You guys are doing just fine, I'd say. Who else is doing fine on the St. Louis Cardinals year after year? Usually a playoff team almost every year. Uh, yeah. So they're always keeping you in it. Uh, and they have a lot of fancy relevant players as usual. So we'll just kind of go down the depth charts and, and have some fun with them here. And we'll start with Mr. Tommy Edmond. Some call him Tommy Tanks. I like to have fun because I think he's a fun ball player, but I, some guys are in love with him in a big, big way, and I just like to, you know, wrestle people from time to time. Um, I guess to me it depends. Does he lead off or does he not? That's the right. big thing with him. Right. So what's your thoughts on Edmond going for 2023? He's a contentious player, man. People on Twitter either love Edmond or hate Edmond, it seems like. At least last year that was the discourse. Um, but uh, – so I'm kind of here to pour a little water on the Tommy Edmund train, I think. Although he's going to be solid, I'm not saying don't draft him, but I think a lot of people are still assuming he's going to be hitting leadoff because I think Roster Resource has leadoff, and they're a great site, but I think they got this one wrong. Because, um, I mean, you go down the stretch of the season last year, um, 21 of the last 48 games against righties he batted ninth. In the postseason game, he didn't lead off either. Uh, Lars Newpart had leadoff in the playoffs uh, with Pujols in second and Donovan was in fifth, and Edmund was sitting down toward the bottom of the lineup there. Uh, but the big problem with that is in the last 112, in his last 112 plate appearances from the nine spot, he only attempted two stolen bases. So if you're not getting the 30 steals with Edmund, that's a big chunk of the fantasy game, a big chunk of the fantasy relevance you're going to look for. I still think he'll easily clear the 20 bar. Yeah. I, I don't see any doubts with him getting, you know, the, the 20 stolen bases, but he does have the nice dual eligibility, shortstop, second base. Um, probably only shortstop after this year if everything goes to plan. So keep that in mind if you're in a dynasty keeper format or whatever, you're going to lose half his eligibility next year. Um, and he never really walked all that much for a typical leadoff guy either. He's always kind of been over-aggressive guy, which has worked. You don't want to change the guy's, you know, foundation, but uh, – he, he hits lefties well, and he stays on the field, but I, I just don't think he does well enough against righties to be a leadoff hitter, and I think he's going to get – we'll talk about who the Cardinals leadoff hitter will be. Yeah. I'll get there, but uh, it's not going to be Edmund, I don't think. He'll get his occasional spot starts there, and he's probably the guy in case someone else gets hurt, but I, as of right now, I think he's going to be in the 8-9 spot. That's 100% my thoughts on this as well because, like you said, especially when games mattered the most, a.k.a. the postseason, he was not there. That's a big sign for me going forward. The one thing I didn't like about their – well, I didn't like their whole playoff appearances anyways, but, like, the for the two games in the playoffs, those were the only two times they used that those two that that lineup ever. 
Huh. Interesting. So they completely changed everything up, and I and I. That doesn't make sense. I get why they did what they did with the pitching staff because they, you know, needed to get creative with the starting pitching they had available to them at the time. But they hit Pujols second for the first time all season in the uh, playoffs, and Brendan Donovan hit fifth, which he had done all year. And then it was like it was just weird. It was weird to change things up for a team that's. I mean, they've won 15, 15 consecutive seasons of winning baseball. Is pretty hard to do at any level, especially with mm-hmm. you know how watered down everything is now. Um, they should be up there again this year, and I expect them to be you know NL Central top team. But to, to change all that stuff toward the end was kind of it was a weird weird process. I thought. All right, let's go to the first baseman, Mr. Paul Goldschmidt, who's got an ADP around twenty five the last couple of weeks, and. It's been fun. Everyone's like, oh, he's getting old. He, you know, he's not going to do this, do that. Back-to-back 30-plus home run seasons. Back-to-back seasons with 100 runs scored, nearly 100 RBIs in both seasons, hitting for average. He ain't slowing down anytime soon, it looks like, Matt. That gives him five straight seasons of over 30 home runs set, uh, outside of the 2020 season. So are we expecting – he's going to be 35 this year. Like, Are yeah. we expecting another big season, or is Father Time going to catch up eventually? Well, to even to expand on your point, you said five of his last – you know, 30 home runs in a row. Six of his last seven seasons, he's had 30 yep. home runs. And the one season he didn't, he stole 30 bags. <laughs> so he's been That's crazy. He's been, you know, as rock solid as it gets for our fantasy game. And I think people kind of maybe are a little bored with him, I guess. But he did have, you know, his his best offensive season ever. I, was, I think it's fair to say last year. But I mean, he's a rock solid guy, like you said. Uh, obviously, he won the MVP. I don't expect that to happen again. But uh, high barrel percentage all the time. Um, and he hasn't gotten caught stealing since 2019, which I think is an interesting note because he's not going to get you a big stolen base total, but the bases are different this year. And I think yeah. he might be a guy that might be able to steal an extra two or three. And if he's in 10 stolen base territory for at first base, that's, that's humongous, right? For what he can yeah. do and what he can bring you. So keep that in mind because he's one of the best base runners in, in the game. He's one of the most consistent players. Um, I'm going to go on an old man rant about batted ball data in a second with one of these next guys, but Goldschmidt's rock solid as it gets. Like it's don't pay for last year, but pay for, yeah. you know, pay for the last couple of years before that. And then you're still going to be getting value where you're getting them. I like boring and consistent and Goldie is definitely one of them. It's, it stinks. He's up to like an ADP at 25 now. So you're definitely yeah. going to pay for it now. But yeah. uh, there's still something about that. You can lock – if you can lock in 30-plus homers and if he does steal you 10 bags, he gets you nearly 300. Like, that's a tough yeah, thing to yeah. find these days. I think the big debate's him versus Freeman. I, I go Goldschmidt, honestly, because I think the stolen base upside. I think people – it might not happen, obviously. It's understood. But yeah. I think he's one of the – he's the type of guy I think that's going to benefit one of the most from the bigger bases because he's a good base runner that doesn't run a lot. So maybe this pushes him a little bit. I mean yeah, – That's a good point. And that's, uh, that's the type of guy I think – look to pop or something like that yeah looking forward to it uh let's talk nolan arenado here he's got an adp roughly uh i just had it uh 33 34 right now another guy that's boring and consistent 30 plus home runs year after year all the way back to 2015 that's the 2020 season seven straight Uh, 30 100 years (laughs) that's that's insane what he's putting together so what's your thoughts here because it's even more impressive as i've looked at arenado throughout this offseason he keeps lowering his strikeout rate. Yep. Like he's, he seems like he becomes a better hitter as he's gotten older, which you kind of expect. I'm not saying that's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. But when you think he's kind of hit that limit and then, oh, no, he's out of Coors Field, he can't do it again. No, he keeps doing it. And he's doing it better, it feels like, more efficiently. So what's your thoughts on Arenado? Yeah, some 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 guys are ballpark proof. And I think the last two guys we just talked about are in that category. They're such a good hitters, Arenado and Goldschmidt, that uh, it doesn't really matter where their offensive park is. I think they're still going to provide value. And Arenado is – 
elite you already kind of mentioned it's elite combination of contact and power and durability at the same time i mean he's comes to work every day you expect him to play him and goldsmith don't miss games and i mean it's arenado's approach is relatively simple i mean i wish he was more all fields kind of guy but he's mastered the uh pull side power approach and that's that's what he does he knows what he can handle and and he does it um it's it's fantastic, and although I will say the pull side power was kind of an organizational um, thing they've drawn to the last couple of years with Jeff Albert as a hitting coach, that was kind of the emphasis they had. Hey, find a pitch you can lift and drive, lift and drive, lift and drive. Sounds simple, right? But it's harder to do in the process. Um, but he's a, he's gone to the Mets now, so Pete Alonso might have a monster year if he can get a hold of some sort of um, philosophy change there. But like for but Arenado is. The kind of guy, um, he's money in the bank. Uh, it's he he might have been MVP if it wasn't for Goldsmith. To be honest, yep. it's it's hundred uh, percent. And he's an inner circle hall. Well, not inner circle. He's a, he's a hall of famer with how well he plays on the other side of the ball. No question. It's it's fun to watch him play. I'm spoiled to be a Cardinals fan with Arenado around. Yeah, plus you got him for cheap from the Rockies, so that always works. Hey, they're still paying it. They're still I know paying that's just that just blows my mind. Like it's just icing <laughs> on the cake for any Cardinals fan out yeah, there. Yeah, but they um, don't use the extra money, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah we won't go there. I wasn't going to bring that part of it up. But, uh, <laughs> I love Arenado. Like th- these are just two boring guys that just get it done. And I, like I said I like Team Boring. I seem to draft a guy like Arenado a lot, especially at third base, where it's kind of volatile as you get farther down Sometimes the draft. Predictability board. is a nice thing. Yeah, I love it. And take take your chances later. Take your chances yeah, later. Get these guys right. early. This, these guys, Goldschmidt and Arenado, allow you to maybe take a shot on one of the guys we're going to talk about next. That's yeah, like Tyler like, O'Neill. Yes, who is a super baseline. super super volatile. ADP is close to one hundred. He goes off 34, 15, and twenty one, fourteen, fourteen last year. So he still got stolen bases, which is a promising thing. Average dropped tremendously, but so did his strikeout rate. So there was a a couple things that I have a feeling you're going to break down for us here, at least discuss with Tyler O'Neill that. I, I know some people are thinking bounce back this year, and I'm kind of starting to buy it at, at pick 100, where I think there's there's something at least at least a middle ground between 21 and 22. So, what's your thoughts on Tyler O'Neill? Yeah, you kind of touched on a little bit of it. Um, the strikeout rate he made a significant chunk, and he just flat out made more contact last year in his limited time. Um, quality of contact wasn't typically what it is for him because he was battling some shoulder injuries, and I have a theory that that kind of messed with the launch his natural launch angle kind of stuff. And he hit a, it kind of jives with the batted ball data from last year because the ground ball percentage was through the roof for him. Uh, I think part of the show reason why is the shoulder was bothering him. He's always had hamstring, he had hamstring issues as well. He missed, he went on the DL three different times or the IL three different times, missed 60 plus days with injuries. Uh, he's always had kind of soft tissue kind of stuff. Uh, soft tissue injuries have kind of hampered him throughout his career. He changed – this is what's got me most excited. I know we all read the best shape of your life crap that everyone talks about, but, like, he made tangible changes to how he works out and, can, and gets in shape for the season, and he's less bulk and more flexibility, which I think for him is massive. Yes. Um, and if you don't know his background, his dad was Mr. Universe from Canada. Literally literally Mr. Universe, the body – like, the best bodybuilder in the world kind of thing. Makes Multiple sense. times, I believe. So he Tyler O'Neill knows how to – so if someone's gonna be well researched on how to how to bulk up and then slim down the best way to get to maintain flexibility, I'm assuming his dad knows a lot of things too about lifting and or can point in the direction of someone that does right. Like so, yep. they're experts, certified experts in that field. So I mean, who am I? Who are we to to uh, you know question it? But I mean, you look at O'Neill, the the approach improved despite his struggles. 
and it would have been easy for him to go back to his old kind of flailing ways when things weren't working, but he stuck to the, stuck to the program. And I hopefully last year's half step back can be this year's two steps forward because yeah. he put in the work and hopefully he's improved. If, if he's, if he's the Cardinals third best player, they're going to win the division by 15 games. Yeah. And I, because I, he's get, the key to the puzzle. If we get something close to 21, I'm pumped because that will give the Cardinals so much more, obviously, like you're saying. And and you think about it this way, you know, in fantasy wise, we were last year hoping for that re uh, the back to back success. His his eighty, he was like forty five fifty. Now we're getting yeah. him close to a hundred. And I don't think he's far off from that guy. Who's, we who's saw going around him at a hundred? What what other outfielders are in that range? Do you have that Let up? Don't worry right. about it if you don't. No, I got it right here. Like right before him is MJ Melendez, Byron Buxton. Ooh, so Buxton O'Neill's a decision. <laughs> yeah, Seiya Suzuki's going a little okay. bit after him. Okay. Brian Reynolds going a little in front of him. So that's kind of your outfielders. Okay. I mean, uh, you, you could definitely make a case for O'Neill if you're shooting for the moon with all that. Yeah. Or Buxton. I mean, one of the two. Yeah, both massive upside guys. Just stay yeah. healthy, guys. Just stay healthy. Right. They'll win your league right there. Million dollar, million dollar proposition with those two guys for sure. Absolutely. Let's let's talk newest Cardinal, and he's going right after Tyler O'Neill at pick one hundred. Yeah, is Wilson Contreras, and this is a fun one because you know all the the naysayers (laughs) like, how do you go to the rival uh, Cardinals? Blah blah blah. Because they pay money. Yeah, Yeah, it's called money. Like (laughs) it's very simple, people. It's a business, and you guys screwed up. And Uh, he is he's he's funny because all of his off season quotes are like. I'm so excited to be a Cardinal. Like I've no, I've wanted to wear this uniform for a year. He is just digging into the Cubs. Like you should have. It'll paid be a me. fun. It'll be a fun first trip back to Wrigley. I'm, I'm going to make you regret it. Is the mindset he's got, which can be good and bad. It can yes. be, but, but, but he's the type. I mean, I've I've despised him for years watching him play on the other side because he's so. He's he's the guy that gets under your skin, like on the other team. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's the guy that you watch and you're like, oh man, he's super annoying, but he's hyper competitive. And I think him being on a team like this, that should be predicted to make the postseason, is going to light him up and light him up and, and maybe provide a little boost. Cause I mean, last year he missed a lot of time with the hamstring and ankle injuries, but I think a lot of that had to do with being on a bad roster. And a lot of it was, he's going to be an impending free agent. Why play and, and kind of, you know, why play and make it worse? You know what I mean? Because he got a nice five-year contract. Um, he had another good year. He was on his way to perhaps his best year until he got hurt. But, I mean, he's a type of guy – he could hit 270 with 25 home runs from the catching position. I don't know how many guys can do that from that spot. That's within the realm of possibility here. He could repeat his 2019 if, you, if, you, if you're looking for something like that. Um, it's going to be a big step back for the pitching staff, though, and, and with the D, and with the um, – Base running the shifting rules. Mm-hmm. Um, he still got the arm, and the Cardinals have one of the best pitching staffs as far as holding runners. Um, and that's kind of been a lot of that kind of unfairly got tossed on Molina, but in fact, the Cardinals pitchers hold runners extremely well. Um, so it's hard for teams to run on them, anyways. Uh, but Contreras has maybe the, one of the strongest arms behind the plate. While he may be deficient in receiving the ball sometimes, especially lower strikes, um, he's going to be. He's got the arm. If there if there's ever an automatic strike zone, like he becomes an instant asset behind the plate because you're taking away his worst trait. Yeah, um, true. And he has then he has an absolute cannon. Um, but I'm excited about Contreras. I think I think that was the best free agent fit available. I mean, obviously you're not playing in the Aaron Judge pool if you're the Cardinal. That's not relevant. But like if you go into the the middle tier range, 
Yeah. Like, I think if you put Contreras on that team and swap him out with Molina the last couple of years, who's, if I'm being honest, has been a pretty terrible hitter, uh, I think that's a pretty good fit, right? It gives the lineup okay. kind of what they need. So it adds a hitter to the lineup. I mean, I'd imagine O'Neill and Contreras will some combination will hit fifth or sixth between the two of them. And that's a pretty deep lineup in the National League. So Yeah, that was definitely the biggest offensive hole, you would say. Yeah, 100%. So to fill it with the guy like Wilson Contreras, who's still only 30, he's got – He's had five year deal. He's still got at least three or four years in him, if not five. Like he's free agency is a beast. You got to pay for an extra year. Just yeah. how it is. So there's nothing wrong with that. Now, just for fun, this is a, a question I've had oh, a lot of. Would you rather have Wilson or William Contreras for fantasy? Hmm. Probably the younger brother. Yep. That's if where I had I'm to at. pick, because that's where I'm at. You're kind of hopeful. Milwaukee's done a lot of things with catcher defense. They turned Omar Narvaez into a decent person. Manny Pena's turned into a defensive stud after being over there. So hopefully they can get the young Contreras going. But ideally, you kind of want that catcher that doesn't catch, right? I mean, that's yep. perfect. <laughs> so, that's the way I see it, too. Yeah. Yep. So, he can play 140 games and only catch like 110. That's a pretty good. Well, that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> give me that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're on the same page there. It's been a fun, fun one because I think they're closer than some people give them. Because a lot of people immediately go, "Oh, it's Wilson, of course, Wilson." No track record. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's a, I think it's a little closer than you think. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the potential leadoff hitter for your St. Louis Cardinals yep, in, in, in twenty twenty three, and it's a guy that a lot of people like this year. It's one Lars Newtbar. Why do we got a, sleeper? He's yeah. He's got a, <laughs> he's got an ADP of one eighty four, which is not <laughs> That's a still super ADP. Low, but um, so what what do we need to know about Newbar? Because some people are thinking he's the next best thing since sliced bread. But um, yeah. should we rain a little bit on that prate, or is he that good? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, I, I I mean, he took the job and ran with it in the second half. I mean, he's got good patient, eighty four percent zone contract rate, fourteen point seven percent walk rate. Um, he went to driveline two years ago and like added like some absurd number like four or five miles an hour to his swing to his bat speed which is like a nutty number like that, that doesn't really just happen um they unlock something mechanically which makes you wonder like why other coaches can't do that but yeah. i mean driveline found a way to do it with new bar and they've cardinals have been the beneficiaries of a lot of that and now he works out with arenado and driveline in the, in the winter time which is also a big plus he's playing for team japan and the wbc he's probably gonna lead off of them um, New Barmania is, am- uh, is is among us right now, and we're uh, it's going to be. Uh, he's everyone's favorite sleeper, and I always chuckle because it's like, well, he's not like you said, one eighty four. You're not a sleeper, yeah, not sleeper. Um, but uh, I I'm excited for New Bar. I I probably won't have very many shares because I, I I think there's a lot around him. He's kind of in the area where I like to take a lot of pitchers, to be honest. Yeah, like he kind of falls into that window. I'm looking at it, trying to f- figure out a pitcher right now, but I, there's a bunch of pitchers in that zone that I'll probably take um, like, there's brady singer there's john gray there's grayson rodriguez cody singa reed detmers yeah, the so i like detmers i like singa i'll probably take Gonsolin. and i'll and i'll need pitchers because i won't have now people probably be my sp3 mm-hmm. you know if, if a draft goes how you want it to go um but yeah i mean the one thing about Newbar is he hit lefties better than righties last year which i think is going to flip which hitting righties is always better because it's the majority of the at-bats so you should see natural number there. But I think he's a guy that's going to put up, you know, 260, 350 with, you know, 20 and 15. I, nothing wrong with that. And he's going to score a lot of runs sitting in front of uh, Coach Schmidt, Arenado, O'Neill, Contreras. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the ADP is fine. Um, 
I just probably won't end up with as much new bar as I want because I didn't expect the hype to be this crazy, to be honest. But I guess shirtless driveline videos kind of do that to you. Yeah, everyone sees that driveline video or any kind of video these days, and it's it's over. So uh, and 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 Newbar did it when it mattered the most late in the season. Into yeah, the he came on. He took that job when he wasn't supposed yeah. to take that job, and he did. Yeah. So uh, and he let off in the playoffs, which is a big indicator of what they think about him. Yeah, so pe- people are, are remembering that in a big, big way. So we'll see how it goes. That's why it's like the price tag is making it harder for me to draft them as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I like the talent, but I don't know if I'll be there yeah. on draft day. Uh, Brendan Donovan, second base, third base, outfield eligible, which is nice. Even ADP first base almost, if you have that. In the right and, formats. In the right and shortstop formats, too yeah. if you have the right format. So ADP around 310. Uh, what are we thinking on Donovan? Because he didn't showcase a ton of power, but he was, you know, the average was great. He was getting on base all the time. So what are we looking for in 2023? So, so the counting stats are, aren't going to be what you're looking for here. Um, if you're looking for home runs or stolen bases, it's not really going to happen. Maybe a handful of each. If you play an OBP league, like this is a guy that maybe target around that, that range because his on base skills are what kind of, that's what makes him hit toward the top of the lineup. Uh, he kind of, again, a little bit of like the new bar story. He kind of took the everyday job at second base. When Edmund moved over to short, they finally benched to young. Sosa went to the Phillies. Um, Donovan slid over to second. Edmund slid to short. And uh, Donovan gets on base really well. His contact percentage and hard hit rates jumped with more playing time as, as expected. So that's something to maybe look into. Um, but I just don't know if the upside is there because it's not a stolen base threat and it's not a home run threat. But at ADP 310, I mean, it's roster glue at that point, right? You're looking for an OBP glue, and he should get, you know, 500 plate appearances rather easily, maybe more than that if he stays healthy. Uh, He's going to be an everyday guy a second, so he should get more than that. So I'm – it's hard to say if you're in because, like, it's – I guess I'm kind of off of it because I, I don't see the upside. But if yeah. you're looking for just a, if you need to, to plug someone into second base, okay. I mean, you you can do worse. 100%. I don't know if that's the goal, but you can't. Not a ringing endorsement, but yes, no. you could do worse. Like, would you rather have uh, with ADP not mattering, Brendan Donovan or uh, Luis Arise from uh, Miami? Better value average, but a lot of similar traits. Yeah, very similar players. Probably a rise, though, because I'll take the hit over the walk. Yeah. And, I mean, that sounds simple, right? But I think that's – walks kind of – depending on your format, walks can kind of hurt you almost in fantasy. Because yeah. Not yeah, hurt, but not, not, not hurt, runs. but they're not – yeah, right, right. And I think that's – yeah. It's a great point, though, because it doesn't get discussed enough. If people are like, oh, he walks a ton, but that means he's not putting the ball in play and driving guys in. Like, right, exactly. He's taking that's... a category out right away. <laughs> 100%. And I know that sounds stupid, right? But you know what I mean. It's for playing fantasy. It, it matters. Like, yes. I don't think we talk about it enough. Yeah. From a real life standpoint, I'll take Donovan over the two, but I, that's oh, yeah, that wasn't the day. question. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't the question. So exactly, fantasy. Okay, perfect. Let's talk DH here. This is a guy, and I think some of these next few guys we talk about, there could be a lot of movement throughout the season and playing time and whatnot. Because a, it's the Cardinals, and they have options. But Juan Yepes is currently penciled into play DH. We know the power potential is there with Juan Yepes. His ADP is way past 300 right now. Um, is he a guy worth taking a look at come draft day? I think so. Um, and he's a sneaky batting average guy. I think he's actually, after watching him playing the minors so long, he's actually hit over power type. He's just so big and strong that he, he, he barrels the ball. It, 
it carries a long way because he's a big dude. Um, defensively, he reminds me a lot of – remember Jose Martinez, former Cardinal yep. Matt? Yep. He's like that. Can't put him anywhere in the field. It's a frying pan on his glove hand. Um, it's it's not great. Uh, no speed, no range, no hands. It's it, it, it's almost kind of crazy to me how someone with such good bat-to-ball can be so bad at catching the ball, but it's 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 unique skill set for sure. Um, he's over aggressive hitter. If you're if, if you're in an OBP league, you're shoving Donovan up, but you're dropping your Pez down. Um, he's not going to put up if he he might hit 250 with a 310 OBP kind of style like that. Like it's not going to be a real. He's not up there to walk. He's up there to see a fastball and hit it, and that's what he does. Um, showed more power, significantly more power against right-handers also. So that kind of throws a little wrench into the one of the guys we'll talk about later as far as like DH options because Yepes actually hit right-handers better in the majors than he did lefties last year. Average and base percentage are damn near identical, but the power was a lot different against righties in his favor. So um, he's not the traditional – if you believe one year of batted ball data um, in the big league level, he might not be the traditional DH platoon kind of guy. But uh, I'm, I like Yepes for what he is. Uh, good, good first base and outfield eligibility as well, which he – probably should maintain for next season too if everything goes the way it should go. Um, but he's a sneaky batting average guy. I like Yepes a lot in that category because everyone talks about the big power, but he's actually a hit over power kind of guy. So I like that about him. Sneaky batting average play for that league. I like that because, yeah, I know I'm even guilty of not thinking he's a, a batting average guy out the game. I'm thinking power and this is what he is. And the fact that you can get batting average post 300, we talk about harder and harder to do. So that can be nice. 270 with every day. That's, that's really good for what you're getting them for. Yeah. I I would definitely, you know, batting average is a thing for him. So that's something to look for. All right. Let's go to another guy who it feels like this is one of the jokes I like to make when I hear about the Lars Newt bar hype, I think immediately of Dylan Carlson with the, uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals, different players. I obviously know that, but there was a couple yeah. of years ago where it was like Carlson's supposed to be the next great outfielder for the, the Cardinals. And it's kind of in a hiccup from time to time. What are we looking at for Carlson in 2023? So hand up. I was probably driving that bus because I was, I watched Carlson play in the minors and he was, he was much more confident hitter than he is now. Um, there were some concerns with the quality of contact in the minors, and I kind of played it off because of the numbers he put up, but it's very true. He puts up a lot of – his contact quality in the major leagues is – I don't have the list in front of me, but I bet you if you looked at average exit velocity, he's probably in the bottom 10. I'm pretty sure he's down there because the quality of contact is, is, isn't isn't good. He, he pounds the ball on the ground a lot, a lot of choppers to the pitcher, to the catcher. Um, hits lefties okay. Uh, he was hurt also, which doesn't help the, the cause. Um, he battled a lot of injuries. He's a high-contact guy when he's right, just doesn't hit the ball hard. He is thrust into the center field job now with Bader being gone. So if if Carlson falters, Newbar is the uh, backup in center, by the way. So that's another plus for Newbar is he's one of the few guys on the roster that can play center field. Um, but Carlson's going to be the starting center fielder. He does pretty well out there. But it's, it's almost a lot like Donovan in a way. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of homers and steals, and that's you might get a good batting average for. He's shown good. He, he's shown good batting average in the minors, but the big league career so far, he hasn't really even done that. So, uh, draft Carlson at your own risk. Um, I'm sorry for if you did last year and listened to me because, whoops. But um, sometimes you get it wrong, and uh, I, I'm still. If I'm in a keeper dynasty, it might be a good window to buy low, with the idea that you have him for a while. But for a redraft, I think I'll let someone else deal with it this year. 
Yeah, and I, I was with you on Carlson. I remember I wrote an article on him a couple of years ago or something. I wrote a baller and stuff. So you weren't alone in that scenario yeah. where everything looked good. But some he guys just looks so different. I, I watched him in the minors, and I'm baffled by how what he's become. It's yeah. he he he. It's almost like a confidence thing. But I mean, it, hopefully, it's you know something fixable. But we'll see. some work needs to be done. Uh, last guy I have down here is Nolan Gorman. We know the hype, the power. It's great. He strikes out a million times as well. <laughs> Um, he's projected to start on the bench this season, but he played a lot at second base and other positions last year. What are we expecting out of him in 2023? Not a lot. Um, you mentioned it though. The, the power comes with right-handed power. Or, well, he's a lefty, but power against righties. Um, he, he, if he got every at bat against righties, he would probably hit 30 home runs, but that's just not how it works. Um, so he's in, he's a platoon power bat and the second base thing now with no shifting I'm very question. I'm very skeptical about how much he actually plays second base now, uh, because you, they kind of hit him a little bit. You know, you can do the shifts and move guys around and and all that stuff. You don't have that luxury anymore. Uh, well, we'll see how teams exploit these new rules. But from my understanding, is you're not going to be able to move guys around as much as you were, and this lack of range at second base is going to be a big, big issue. Um, so much so that I almost kind of expect him to be in AAA most of the year because okay. he's got things he needs to work on. You know what I mean? And you're not going to have him up. There's a guy we'll touch on in a second. If you're looking for a part-time, you know, left-handed hitting DH option, we'll get to that guy. But um, I think Gorman could use him more time at AAA if the game's kind of – he needs to find more more utility, um, either learn how to play the outfield or – because the corner, it's unfortunate because there's an easy spot for him. It's first or third base, but both of those are kind of covered on this team. Um, so – for him to break in somewhere for batting, if to get plate appearances is going to be tough because his his defense for a pitch to contact staff that they have isn't great at second base. And now that you can't shift, I'm not expecting much out of Gorman this year. If I'm being honest, I I don't even know about long term either because platoon power is kind of the easiest thing to find um, out out in the market. You know what I mean? If you're looking for that type of thing, um, and he might fall into that role. And I'm kind of surprised they. I was expecting him to get traded this winter, to be honest, but they didn't do it. Yeah, he seemed like a trade him while you still can type guy. But uh, we'll we'll see how it goes, and we'll hit on your guy in the prospect section down below because I think yeah, that's a no problem. I will hit for sure. Let's go to the mound, and this is a. Do we have to? This is like such a Cardinals rotation to me when I was typing this up because <laughs> they just get it. Like you guys just get stuff done. Like you said, you, when you finish with the winning record so many years, it's very, 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 very difficult to do in baseball. So like the analysis for these guys is going to be like very similar for all of them, right? Like, I mean, it's like. It's the contact. Live with the damage. Yeah, right. Don't walk anybody, right? Like that's the game plan, right? Look at Montgomery yep. and Michaelis, Wayne, right? Look at their walk rates. They're all, you know, if they're all, if they're all going right, they're, they're all must start guys at home. Because of how well they pitch at home, uh, some guys on the road you might not want to might not want to use them. And um, there's some value though, I think, in this because I think a lot of this gets over overlooked. Like, oh, I don't want that guy; he's 45. Well, who cares? Because for one year, it doesn't matter. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, Wainwright has an ADP of 369. Yeah, that's way too. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Because you know he's going to get the ball every day, and yeah. you saw what he did last year. Why? What? What? What about last year? Can't he repeat now? And yeah, that's not an ace, but like. That's a very that's a usable fantasy pitcher. Yeah, where you're drafting him, he's like your fifth or sixth or seventh pitcher at least. Right, it's like, perfect. And that's it's very usable, right? I mean, there's nothing yeah. wrong with what he did last year. You just, you're not looking for strikeouts there when, and you're you know you're getting the guy that keeps the ball in the yard and doesn't walk anybody. And and at home, he's 
very, very good. And just kind of what you kind of have to do. I, I think Montgomery showed a little extra. I'm a big Montgomery fan. Um, he kind of messed with the four-seamer sinker thing and kind of took a stab at the Yankees on the way out. I don't know what, what all that was about, like pitch usage and kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he got kind of roughed up in the last month of the year. So that kind of – he started out ridiculous for the Cardinals. He was real yes, hot when they, when they traded for him. And he's a solid guy. He's exactly what they need. They gave up Bader for him, which I, I think that's a perfect baseball trade in a sense. Like They thought they could get more out of Bader. The Cardinals thought they could get more out of Montgomery. Both of them, both of them were free agents after this year. Like It makes so much sense. But then they just they made that swap, and the, the the shifting rules has me perplexed on how this is going to play out because we don't really Mosellock in a press conference like or the Cardinals like winter fan fest thing about a month or two ago was talking on how teams were still looking for clarity on from Major League Baseball about the shift rules. So it's not mm-hmm. as cut and dry as like two guys on each side. There's at what point? Like, when can they move? Can yeah. if the pitcher's breaking, you know, if the pitcher is lift his legs up to go home, can the shortstop sprint to that side of second base? Like, what are, they're trying to figure out what the rules are. Yeah, um, I've, I've, heard like that, I, I've heard that from a few people. Like, they're talking about like the second, and so you might have pitchers kind of like extending, like going like a Cueto or something and making a longer. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so now their guy can go get set yep. and all that kind of stuff. Manipulation, yep. basically. Like a line change almost in hockey where the, yes. the shortstop yeah. and the third baseman all rotate over, the second baseman rotates over. They stay yep. on the dirt, but they all – like, we don't know what the rules are. Yep. It's kind of vague. Everyone assuming, you know, we know we know the only thing we've been told is you got to have two infielders on each side of second base. Yeah, but I mean, that even means, that, and that means the guy at the middle can really be on the base, basically. Yeah, that's still a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So we need to we need to figure out. And then another thing, another variable with the Cardinals too is I know Tommy Evan played shortstop all pretty much through the minors, came up in the big leagues, didn't really play short. Now he's got a full year at shortstop. He performed really well defensively watching him play last year. But it's, it's another thing: can he do another full season at shortstop, which is kind of important? I mean, they had DeYoung there. DeYoung's not the guy. Um, Edmund is a little bit of a question for me at short. I think he'll handle it, but until he does it, you can't really be sure. You know what I mean? So he has to know the full season to short there, which is going to hurt these pitchers. But Donovan won a gold glove as a, as a utility option. As a second baseman, he's not that great. He's fine. Um, the, if you look at that gold glove and then you look at the actual guys they had to choose from, like there wasn't a lot. So for him to win that gold glove is um, – a fun thing um, more than anything. And, and then obviously Arenado and Goldstein on the corners is the best infield defense probably in the game, but, but there's still some questions. And I think Jordan Montgomery is the guy I would prefer, but I think the ADP for him is going to reflect that. You know, 162. Yeah. So that's, you're still, you're paying, you're not, you're not getting a discount there. I don't feel like, cause you're not getting strikeouts. You're probably getting strikeout per. So you're you're banking on he's a he's a, the most underutilized category in the fantasy game though is whip, yep. And he's going to be a star there because he's going to get the innings and he's going to limit the walk. Yep. And that's kind of the same for Michaelis in the same sense too. And Michaelis ADP is two thirty seven, so you're not paying as much. I still right. like Joe. I still like Montgomery, but we saw what Michaelis can do once he gets going too. Right, and so but you know so I do like that that trio um, Wainwright. Montgomery and Michaelis over the full season. I, I don't know how it gets done in the playoffs. I think you need – I don't know if that formula works in the postseason, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. Um, mm-hmm. But Stephen Matz provides a little bit of upside. He's going you're, – you're paying Three, no price 325. And Matz, his strikeout numbers, if you're looking at the stats, keep in mind they're going to be a little bit inflated because he did pitch a little bit out of the bullpen last year. 
as he came back and didn't have enough time to get stretched out. I think he made one or two appearances, but he think he struck out the side. So like his K for nine stuff is going to be way up because of the one inning you think he threw out of the bullpen or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind, but I think that's a very nice upside play if you can be healthy. Yeah. Um, and then Jack Flaherty, uh, he's the best pitcher by of the group if he can stay healthy. I just don't know I can't what draft that him. looks like. I can't draft him at all. Um, what's his ADP? It's 225, so you're not paying a premium. Mm. I just don't know how many innings he's going to – he hasn't thrown innings at all like recently, and that's my conundrum. Well, here's the thing. It's a contract year for him. So, okay. So I don't know if that matters in your decisions or not. certainly does for him, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. But he's unquestionably the best guy when it's – when he when he has it, I mean, that that stretch in twenty nineteen, I believe, still burns in my mind. Like how I how, how good he was. Mm-hmm. I think it was it might have been eighteen, one of the two years. But um, and then the the, the pandemic year kind of was a lost year for him. As I mean, everybody, but him on a smaller scale. For he had COVID and then was all battling all those injuries, and then twenty one and two, he had some injuries as well, and. He's the guy that he's almost like the lotto ticket of the rotation, but you're paying you're paying a little bit too much for a lotto ticket. Um, but I mean, if it's healthy, you're looking at a you know, hundred and hopefully hundred and seventy innings, one hundred ninety strikeouts, and you know, good good ratios because he's proven he can do it. But you got to have a little bit of a you got to have some balls to, to take Flaherty where he's going, and yeah, you have that, to be. That's... Very conscious of who you're pairing him with on your staff. You can't go. You if you have DeGrom your, or something, you're not taking clarity. If you have, yeah, there you go. If you have, you, you, if you have a guy like Montgomery, maybe you do take clarity. Yeah, it's but true. Because like, like Flaherty hasn't thrown over like a uh, hundred and something innings since 2018 or 19, <laughs> 19. So you know the COVID year, like you said, and then the injuries the last two years. So to get to 170, he can do it. Like it's contract contract year. They're not going to baby him. No. But um, he's got a – and the velocity has been down the last couple of years. I'm just so torn on what I've seen. And it's because of the injuries. I'm not Right, stupid. it's been shoulder stuff. And then yeah. um, I, I wish – you know, but another, another thing with the Cardinals, which is weird, is uh, Wainwright is going to retire after this year. Montgomery, Michaelis, and Flaherty are all free agents. So Ooh. four of their five starters Ooh. are all free agents coming into this – coming into next year. So that's – there's a chance – you know what I mean? So then you're looking at – Probably, I would bet one of those guys stays, maybe two. So they're also kind of competing with each other for that kind of role. Because Matt's is here. He's got the couple years on his deal. But, uh, yeah, so it's a, it'll be a big big year. I mean, no Molina is yeah. a factor I think we need to pay. I mean, Molina it might be overblown because he's kind of missed all last year anyways, most of it. And But what he did, he did do a lot. Um, for people that this sounds stupid, but like if you don't watch the Cardinals, you don't see what Molina does every day. He literally aligns the infield and the outfield with subtle motions, like he'll, like you don't see it. If you don't know what you're looking for in a broadcast, just casually watching, you're not going to see what he's doing. But he lines up everybody. So to not have that on the field, I think is going to be a big thing as well. They should have hired right. him to sit in the dugout and do that. <laughs> he's yeah, he wants to manage. Uh, he, He'd be a good manager. Uh, maybe. Um, He's got a temper, though. That might yeah. make him a little rough in that dugout. Little, yeah. Might be a little Ozzie Gein style. But, yeah, it could get like, it could be volatile at times, yeah. but uh, but no question about you knowing the stuff. You know what I mean? He, he can oh, yeah. knows. I mean, he learned not to. You know, this sounds 
pompous, but like being in this organization for that long, your entire career, you should know a thing or two, right? Like, I mean, Tony LaRusso, Dave Duncan, Mike Maddox. Been like, around some some greats. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Pujols, like all of all that stuff. Like, and that's another thing, like you know, with Yepes, like you know, like Juan Yepes followed Pujols around last year like a shadow. That's perfect. So, like, that's kind of what you want, right? Like, you want young guys like that to gravitate toward guys like that. But let's uh, let's talk closers real quick here. Ryan Helsley was amazing last year. Velocity went through the roof. Yeah, which is great to see. You still got Gallegos, who's pretty good. Like, I've been drafting him late in DCs just as a, as a spec option. I think you should. How do you look at this bullpen playing out? I think um, Helsley is the the man for the ninth inning. Um, and. I keep coming back to the last series of the year last year. Um, Helsley tried to catch a ball barehanded against the Pirates. Second to last game of the year and messed up his hand. And then he goes out in the playoffs against the Phillies of the first game. And they had the lead in the ninth. I think people forget that. They had the lead in the ninth. And he's trying to pitch through not being able to feel his pitching hand, which I'll never understand. I'll never understand that, why you continue to pitch through that. But – so they end up losing the game, but it is what it is. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's no reason why to think that would be a long-term thing. Um, he's, and for my money, he's a top five closer. I think what you're paying for is what you're getting. The strikeout totals are to the roof. The stuff is nasty. Um, for what it's worth, too, I was at, I was at the, during the final homestand of the year last year. He has, like, his own entrance now. As oh, like nice. a closer, which which sounds corny and stupid, but like it means he's there. It means he's yeah, the guy. Right. They put the like time they, and money. They turn, into it. they turn the lights off and they they turn all the red. Like it's like a mm-hmm. Hell's Bells, Hellsley, and they have a big theme like fire everywhere. Like they have the whole theatrics going for Hellsley. But um, I was on Hellsley as the closer of the pandemic year, and he would have been the closer of the pandemic year, but he got hurt. So a team source told me he was the guy, and they were going to go to him, and then, and then he got hurt, and then Gallegos kind of had the year where he was kind of there, but. Gallegos is a guy that I would definitely be on because he's a dude that with the way pitching is now, like he's a guy that's going to come in the game from the fifth inning to the ninth inning. Like if there's a big spot, he's coming in the game, which is good because he might be like, I don't know, Bob, I don't know how many guys do this, but he like, he has a shot as like a reliever with like 10 wins and 10 saves. Yeah. He could do that. Like, cause the way they use him, like that's, that'd be super valuable. If you can get Heck 10 yeah. wins and 10 saves out of a guy, like shit. Okay. And good strikeouts, doesn't walk a lot. The only thing he does have an issue with is home runs, but that's because of the way, the way fastball is. But but if you don't walk anybody, you can, you know, if you're up three runs, you can give up the solo homer and it's okay. But, you know, sometimes he gets – I don't trust him in the, in the, in the do-or-die situations because I, I think he's kind of – I don't want to say – I don't know. He doesn't have the stones that Helsley has. I'll say that. I'll, I'll say well, that. Well, it's something I always say about when people go, oh, he's got closer stuff. I'm like, does he have it oh, between his ears? Mentality. Yeah. yeah does he have it between his ears? Because the closing job is different. And, people, yep. and, we've, and if you paid attention like you have, is certain guys finally get that chance and they just are a shell of themselves. Yep. And it's just – Coming back to Gallegos in like the, the San Diego series in the – like uh, was that 21? He gave up that monster home run to Tatis. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that's just things he does, and it's just like he hung a slider. He throws a lot of strikes, so people are up there ready to swing. And if you're not getting the fastball, and you know it, or whatever, you know what I mean. You know what hitters are. Yep. You can isolate a pitch in his own, and you get it. It's you can go a long way. He doesn't have like overpowering stuff. Keep in mind, he does throw like 95 plus with a good slider and good changeup. But at the same time, like he's hittable. 
Helsley's got that extra gear where if Helsley doesn't have if Helsley's not on his A game, he can still get you because he's got hundred he's got hundred and two in his back pocket. You know what I mean? Gagos doesn't have that, so he he'll get he'll give up the long ball or two. But I think the way they use him, he's the true fireman. Like if there's a situation in the fifth inning, they're taking out Montgomery or something with bases loaded, middle of the lineup up, Gagos is coming in the game because that's the spot. So they'll go to him there, which is kind of nice. But so I, I definitely think he's a sneaky guy to add. He might per, like Helsley might be the, the thirty save guy, but if Gagos goes ten and ten, that's way more valuable. Or like or seven and ten, or seven and twelve, or yeah, you know what I mean. That's that might be much more later in the draft too. So yeah, it's a very yeah. nice nice add on there for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk prospects because people have probably been going. Wait, you went through hitters and didn't talk about Jordan Walker? What are Who's you that? doing? Like, you guys Jordan are crazy. Walker. Well, because there's a format here, people. Come Who's on, Jordan now. Walker. I don't know who that is. Yeah. So, uh, what do you got for relevant prospects for 2020? Jordan Walker, man, is fun. He's so fun. We saw him in Arizona. Um, yep. Easy power. Um, I'm gonna go back and retweet it. So if he gave you Bubba gave you guys my Twitter handle MB Tom FWFB. Um, I have access to the minor league. True media back end stuff, so I can pull up like uh, uh, batted ball data for Jordan Walker. You can't tell if he's right handed or left handed by looking at it because it's awesome. it's just everywhere. Natural, as we saw in Arizona, it's natural power the other way, just because he's so big and his hands are so quick, mm-hmm. it just flicks the wrist and it just jumps. I mean, Arizona is a hitter environment, so I take that for what it's worth. But I've seen him in Peoria as well. Um, I mean, he, he's okay uh, defensively. He's got a good arm, not a third baseman, but it doesn't matter when you have Arenado at third. Or, so Arenado's there for the next four years. He's not going anywhere. Um, you have uh, Walker, who looked – he looked okay in the outfield, uh, Arizona Fall League. I even had some scout tell me that I think he could play center field, which is – I was taken aback by that because of his size. But, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. He runs well enough. Um, but so I, I, I do believe he could actually be a true asset in right field. So if, say, for example, if – Carlson falls flat on his face again, or if a new part slides to center, you can put Walker in right. Or if Tyler O'Neill misses a good chunk of time, I think you go to Walker too. So I think that's kind of the scenario. I don't, I'm not on the, the train of him starting the season with the big club. I know that's on a, I think that's realistically could happen. Um, the Cardinals don't seem to be really worried about service time and all that stuff. That's not really their, their bag. They're trying to win games. Um, which I admire that. That's one of the best things about them is that they're not going to hold the prospect down just to do it. Um, he's, he, if he's not going to play every day, though, they're not going to bring him up. Same. That, that makes sense, though. That's a smart business. But um, I'm very excited with what Walker can do. Uh, I think he's uh, at his peak. I think he's a 260, you know, 35 homer dude. It's like ex- his exit velocities are, you know, Giancarlo Stanton-esque for the minor leagues. Like, they're massive. I wish I could show you all the data, but the numbers are just – they are absurd. Um, he eats the ball hard consistently. The strikeout trunk going to be as big a part of his game as people think just because of how quick and short the swing is. We saw it in Arizona. It's real effortless. It's just yeah. flick the wrist, go. Already starts open, so he just has to he literally just use the shoulders and the hands, and he's already there. Like, it's it's enormous strength, enormous batted ball strength. So um, I I know he's probably getting drafted in the top He's 80. His ADP is 235, and I cannot bring myself do to do that. No, you can't do that. That's that's almost reckless. Um, the only thing, though, is it's going to be hard to quiet that crowd down this mm-hmm. spring because with as much of the Cardinals roster that's going to be playing in WBC, yep. Walker is going to get all the big league at-bats he can handle. Yep. Um, Mason Wynn probably will as well. Um, 
So you're going to see, you I mean, Edmonds is going to be gone. Goldschmidt's going to be gone. Arenado's gone. O'Neill's gone. Newtbar's gone. That's already their top five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the top of the order. That's gone. The top five hitters that aren't going to be in camp. So Walker's going to play, and he's going to get a lot of time, probably at third, probably at first. Most of the time, probably in the outfield because they're trying to figure out if that's a fit. Um, I'm a super aggressive on on Walker long term and a little sneak peek at our top 100 that comes out in, in a week or so. He's going to be number two on that list behind Gunnar Henderson. So gives you an idea of where we value him and how we rank him. We have him ahead of Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. Which um, might be controversial, I guess, but I just like I'm sold more long term on Walker's ability to do damage, and I think that's why we have him. And I think Walker's going to steal a lot of bags too, not a lot, but some. And I think um, he's almost—I mean, he's the most exciting prospect the Cardinals have had since Oscar Tavares, and that's very exciting. That says a lot. Says a lot for those that remember Oscar Tavares. Yeah. So. Yep. so yeah, he's a good fit. And then if you're looking for a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky pick if you're in those draft and holds and we talked about how Yepes needs a platoon partner for DH Alec Burleson my man hit 331 in AAA um, he's short quick stroke not a lot of defensive value but that's not what you're looking for who cares in fantasy you want the part-time DH he's a left-hand hitter uh, he might be able to hit a good average and hit 20 home runs and play no defense which is the Cardinal special right so that's like checks all the boxes uh, so he's a valuable guy there um, and then Moises Gomez is on the 40-man. Um, he led the minors in home runs last year. Really? Um, so he had 38 home runs, I believe. Um, but he also struck out a lot. So that's the, the downside. Um, but he could get a chance as well. If he gets a chance, things went wrong. But he's also on the 40-man. They didn't have to add him there. So they must think enough, enough of him to put him there. So I'm excited to uh, see what that young trio can do. That should be the – that, that might be, at the very worst case scenario, that might be the outfield of AAA Memphis with Oscar Mercado working his way in there somewhere. They picked him up on a minor league deal um, from the Guardians. Um, he's kind of the super insurance policy that can play defense if all else fails. Um, yeah. I don't see defensive steal bases, but I wouldn't draft him or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is um, pitching what side. Do about, uh, what, what do you think about Libertor? Anything? I'm not a fan, personally. Okay. Um, I... I will throw the candidate out there that he's super young for the level and his age, or young for his age, young for the level. Um, he's, you know, he was as old as some college draftees last year, and he was pitching in the major leagues. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, I just don't see the upside. I think he's more of a pitch to contact guy, but the command's not quite there yet. He needs a couple more years before he can slide into that spot. And then Gordon Graceffo is also a guy. Um, Above average changeup, above average breaking ball, above average fastball can touch one on one, but I wouldn't do that as a starter. But can touch one on one in short start, short stints, so he might be a dude to track later in the season. But I wouldn't draft either of those two arms that you mentioned. I just more likely just kind of just put him in your name, put him in your head to follow along. But um, the system's strong. The major league team is strong. I expect the Cardinals to win the Central this year, um, and we'll see what they do. But. Yeah, there's a move or two away if they're in it to uh, really make some noise. So yeah. they might not need to because they're the way their team's built. You know, you got the big dogs up top, and you got the kind of defenders f- putting the rest together. So yeah. I guess it depends on that rotation. Can the rotation get 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 enough out of the yeah. rotation to make it work? Yeah, if you can get so. you know thirty starts out of Wainwright, mm-hmm. Michaelis, Montgomery, yeah, Flaherty, Flaherty's the wild card. Oh, ooh, that'd be huge. Flaher- and even Matts, even Matts would extend. I, I don't mind receiving Matts. I think he's fine. Um, he's 
bit expensive for a number five starter, but that, that's, that is what it is. That's the game. Um, I don't mind him either, but the rotation has some upside. I just, it's, it's a weird group. It's yeah. solid group, but Flaherty's the key. Flaherty's the upside guy there. And I don't Definitely. know if I'm paying that price. I feel you. I feel you, but uh, we'll wrap it up there. Awesome preview of the St. Louis Cardinals. Why don't you, uh, before we head out here, Matt, remind everybody where they can find you and what you got going on. Yeah, sure. Prospects Live. Um, again, running through our top 30s, we have the NL East is the only team we have remaining. The top 30 lists are done. We just haven't released them yet. Top 100 coming out soon. Fantasy Top 500 coming out soon. An update to our Dynasty 1000 coming out soon. Major League and Minor Leaguers all strung together. Um, nightmare process, but it's a pretty good result. Um, and then college baseball starting. You know, We're big in the draft and we're big in uh, amateur baseball and we'll have a college baseball watch guide ready to launch for you uh, when college baseball comes out. And what that is, is basically it's something that we can't find anywhere on the internet that has it. It's a one spot. It's got all the games. It tells you all the players that you should be watching. Gives you a link to the streaming service that the game is on. You have to buy it. I'm not buying it for you. You have to buy it and then, or whatever it is. And you might have it as part of your cable package. You might have it as part of your streaming package. I don't know what you guys all have, but We'll give you a link to the game. We'll show you how to watch it. You just have to maybe do the final, you know, purchase or whatever. But um, if I could, if I could get you the game for free, I would. But I think they would shut us down. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it's a good product. Uh, hopefully, you guys check out Prospects Live. It's a one stop shop for everything baseball related, fantasy, amateur. Uh, and subscribe to our Patreon for the Dynasty rankings. Yep, a lot of great stuff there. It's, uh, I believe it's our second Prospects Live person we've had on the show for the previews. Wheeler was on for the Phillies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, lots of good stuff over there as expected. But, Mr. Thompson, Mr. Matt Thompson, thanks for joining me, my friend. Always fun chatting with you. Yeah, thanks, Bob. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for Always. working around my uh, crazy work schedule. No worries at all. <laughs> this was Bench with Bubba, your St. Louis Cardinals 2023 season preview. Catch you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>